0: Hi, friends. It's Laurie Nelson, your Women's Ministry Coordinator here at FaithBridge. Welcome back to the FaithBridge Women's Podcast. This summer, we're sharing our Jesus stories, that moment of salvation that changed everything. And we're also talking about what he's doing in our lives now. Today, I have my friend Bennett Boyd joining me. Hi, Bennett. Hi, Laurie. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm so glad. I'm so glad to have you here and getting a chance to visit with you.
1: It's exciting to be
0: here. So uh, what we're talking about this summer is our Jesus story, but tell us a little bit about what's going on with you.
1: Yeah. Well, as you've been putting on your staff hat at Faith Bridge, I was taking mine off. Right. And so... Uh, the past few months have been spent in preparation to move overseas as a missionary. I love
0: that. What uh, what? I do love this whole story. So why don't you go ahead and tell us about what that looks like and how you decided all of that?
1: I mean, it's been a long time coming, honestly. Mm -hmm. So I love France and I've loved it for a long time and have just been waiting for God to give the green light. And just actually, it'll be By the time I leave uh, and set foot in France, it'll be a full year uh, of God giving the green light and going through all the process and being trained and raising support. And so um, I'll be hitting the French soil in July to work with university students.
0: That's just so exciting. Um, So what are you going to do? Like when you say you're going to be working with university students, what will you be doing? So similar to ministry here, I'll mm-hmm. be doing ministry in
1: France. Right. So working um, alongside a team of French ministers, I guess. Mm-hmm. They're not ministers, but they're um, just young adults like me mm-hmm. who um, want to pour into students. So we'll be doing Bible studies and having coffees with students, getting to know their stories like they right. are going to get to know mine, um, and hopefully pointing them a little closer to Jesus. So
0: I love it. Well, I guess that's a perfect segue for me to ask you about how who and how you got pointed to Jesus. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Yeah. So I had the pleasure of actually growing up in uh, the Faithbridge Kids Ministry. And so uh, my mom tells me, I actually don't remember this. And so it's been a process of reconciling that in my heart. Mm-hmm. Um, but my mom says that I accepted Jesus into my heart when I was in second grade or young elementary school. Um, and I don't doubt that that was a sincere uh, sincere confession mm-hmm. and that that's the moment where I was saved. Um, obviously, it's been a growing process since then,
0: um, but that's, that's the moment. I love it. So what do you remember? I know you don't remember a a day or time, and I think that that is so common. There's so many people who don't really remember a particular day. Um, But what do you remember about that season, about when you were younger here at Faith Bridge? I, I remember memorizing scripture for candy, mm-hmm. and it
1: worked. <laughs> um, and I just remember having such a joy. Like, I loved being here, and really that never stopped. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I've loved being here as a middle schooler even in high school and um, came back for a summer of young adulthood and then worked here. And so there's just always been this joy um, that I've had in knowing Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so I think that started through kids' ministry, honestly.
0: Um you know, despite the fact of not knowing when or where, I, the scriptures are clear that when we know Jesus, when we put our, our faith in Him, when we believe um, that the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of us, so we can see that evidence of Him moving and living in our lives. So tell me about that. What does that look like, uh, even as a young child?
1: Well, as a, as a young child, I, I know the Holy Spirit was there because, mm-hmm. like you said, I had believed. And so mm-hmm. um, I would say it wasn't until high school when... I, things started really clicking and Mm -hmm. I started recognizing the Holy Spirit's voice in my life, Mm -hmm. um, really through two primary ways. The first was conviction of sin, just realizing, oh my gosh, I'm a sinner and I need grace. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's a whole different thing, learning about grace and I did believe in it, but then in high school realizing, oh, I need it and it's for me, Mm -hmm. um, was kind of this big moment. And so I think just recognizing the conviction of the Holy Spirit has been huge. But then alongside that, there comes this, um, when I realize my need for Jesus, all of a sudden I see how deeply other people need Jesus too. Mm-hmm. Um, and so since high school as well, there's kind of been this call to mission of me wanting, um, other people to know, um, you know, Jesus has done this big work in my life and he can do a big work in your life. And so I would say kind of those two things, conviction of sin, and then, mm-hmm. um, call to
0: mission. I love it. What, what, um, do you like when when was the first time you told somebody else about Jesus? Do you remember? I think
1: I, I have a memory in college of having um a roommate who I just lived life with, right? I was doing my thing, you know, I'd read the Bible, we'd go to church together, but also, you know we do fun things together too. Mm-hmm. um go get ice cream every day or <laughs> things like that. Um, but a year after knowing her, um, she just told me, like, Bennett, I never realized – she grew up Catholic, she said mm-hmm. – I never realized that you that a relationship with Jesus was something you could have, um, but you've modeled it for me. And I was like, I wasn't even trying. Like, I just – you know, we were living life together. Right. And so um, just that idea of, like, letting your life speak um, and – just not even realizing that people are watching. Yeah. Um and so, you know, then obviously from there we got to have more conversations about what it looks like to have a relationship with Jesus, but um that was kind of the first moment where I recognized that God was using me.
0: I love that. Yeah, I love that um just like we said that that passage is true that talks about he he comes to live within us and he was making his way to I don't want to say you shine through you, but kind of, that's exactly what was happening. So what did it look like after that? How did that relationship, um, go after that?
1: I mean, she's one of my best friends to this day. And so, um, it's just cool how God knit us together Mm -hmm. as soul sisters. And so, um, yeah. And it's cool too, to see now how she, who didn't know Jesus beforehand, like she's living this really cool life for the Lord where she's working, um, with, uh, students in an area, um, that's not the best part of town in Milwaukee. And, uh, she's actually fostering young kids now. And, oh, wow. um, again, that's not because of me, but right. it's because of Jesus. Um, but she didn't know him before. Um, mm-hmm. and so it's just really cool to see.
0: How do you think, um, you ended up in ministry?
1: The short version is God said, go into ministry. Okay. Um, I don't think I ever anticipated it, yeah. but um, I think it's been more of like a surrender of wanting to do missions, uh, and then God had me work at Faith Bridge, um, which still was missions in His grace. Like I got to be a part of the road um, yeah. on staff. I didn't say that beforehand, but I worked for the road and um, got to be a mobilizer, which You've been a mobilizer mm-hmm. before, so you know what that's like. Um, but really, there was this deep longing that I wanted to go.
0: So why don't for those people who might not know what that is, why don't you tell tell us about what is mobilizing?
1: So uh, in missions, there's you know boots on the ground people. It, overseas or not, um, there's missionaries here, um, but in order for those people to be on the ground doing what they're doing, um, there's a whole team of people typically um, who are recruiting those people mm-hmm. and um, helping them know what the next steps are if they want to do missions. And so um, that's how I would,
0: yeah, summarize uh, it. One of the and I really struggle and Ralph Winters I think is the one who said this. Um, he said. I can go as one, or I can mobilize thousands, or something Mm. like that. And the minute he said that, because I always had an interest in the Great Commission. I always had an interest in the nation's hearing and knowing about Jesus. Um, But I didn't have a specific place I wanted to go, and I thought that that was a weakness until I heard Mm. that quote, and I went, oh, that's, that's what I do. I help other people find where they want to go and find their role in the Great Commission. So, yeah, I do. I don't know what my original question was, but I do love the aspect of, of mobilizing and just helping others. But now you've mobilized yourself right into France. Tell me something. How would you, just getting back to our Jesus story, getting back to that moment where we trust in Jesus for salvation? How would you communicate that to someone else? I think what instantly comes
1: to mind is Romans 10.10, where it says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved, period. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's easy to fall into legalism of, well, I have to do all of these things, which God does kind of lead you to those disciplines um, Mm -hmm. of the faith. but. Really, it's do you believe that you're a sinner who needs Jesus? Yes, chick. Um, okay, like <laughs> that's the confession. Right. Then, then comes the belief of like, okay, right. like I believe that Jesus is who He says He is and did what He came to do. Um, and so, again, there's life that follows, um, and it looks
0: different um, mm-hmm. after that point. But mm-hmm. and that probably relates more to the Holy Spirit that we right. talked about yeah. before. But seriously, like. It's that easy? All I have to do is believe? Yes. I, it's just amazing, right? right? Doesn't
1: it make you want to go tell people? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, the other thing is that's why it's so easy for... Were you second grade that your, yeah. your mom said? Yeah. It's so easy that a young child can believe something so beautiful and so so rich and so deep. Well, tell me this. We talked a little bit about like how God has led you in your faith and in your faith journey. Um, what are some things that you are doing to make sure that you are staying connected to, to Jesus and connected to your belief?
1: I think the, the four things that I come back to are time in the Word, uh, prayer, community, and rest. Um, mm. And so I don't do that super well. We're, mm-hmm. That's these a are good one. all a work in progress, um, but those are the things that, you know, in the back of my mind. Um, it's a catch twenty two because legalism, I think, for someone like me whose story started so young, um, is an easy um, pit to fall into. But at the same time, it's a catch twenty two of like, well, like these are actually how we grow. Like, in mm-hmm. um, God's kindness, He's given us these things: um, community, prayer, His Word, um, and rest. And so, um, just figuring out the balance of what it looks like to not do those things just just to check it off, right. um, but to do those things to know God more. Right. Um, is typically kind of what I'm
0: filtering through in my head. Right. I think the older I get, um, the more I realize I have got to do those things um, because otherwise I just, uh, you know, I can so easily start doing my own thing. Mm-hmm. And I have got to have those disciplines um, to make sure that I am, first of all, connected with Jesus having intimacy with God, however we want to communicate that. But also, really, it's survival for my faith, mm-hmm. right? Otherwise, I'll go rogue. Um, tell me about how you came to those four things and what they mean.
1: Uh Well, I think for the word that's been, or time in the word, that's been a process. I just remember being in middle school and even high school and college and just dragging my feet, like doing it because I knew I was supposed to do it. Um, But then like in young adulthood, it's been really sweet to see um, how all of a sudden, not all of a sudden, it's been a process, Mm -hmm. um, but you realize that, oh, I like crave this now. um, And I notice when I don't do it, like my day looks different um, and it's not great. Um, And so that's kind of been a way that God's grown me in just consistency and um, helping me see the difference of when I do and don't spend Mm -hmm. time um, knowing Him and His Word. Um, And the same is true for prayer, Um, kind of with all of them. The more Mm -hmm. you do them, the more you realize... Oh, like I need these things, and mm-hmm. you crave them, and you crave community, and you even crave confession and like moments of getting to share your weaknesses with friends mm-hmm. um, who are also rooted in grace and truth. Right. Um, so, yeah, I think it's just this step by step process. And um, again, I think the moment that I, similar back to legalism, the moment I realize that I'm believing in my head that what I'm doing is not enough. Um, that's when I realized I've creeped into legalism, you know, mm. and it's like, well, Jesus is enough period. Um, and so that's kind of one of my tells, uh, of if I could
0: can... Okay. Uh, when you say that enough, what is it you're saying? What you're doing is not enough, but Jesus is enough for what?
1: Enough to be loved by him. Okay. You know, so I think that's kind of the core of at least who I am. Right. And who I, like we all want to be loved, you right. know? And so, um ultimately if I'm striving after these things and feeling like it's not enough, I'm not striving just for the accomplishment. Like I'm striving to be loved. Okay. Um, and so I think often I'll have to take a step back and say, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Like God already loves me. right? And, and not only that, like, uh, what he's done is already enough. Um, so anything I do like that adds nothing to him, you know, like it right. gives him glory, I guess, but, um, he doesn't need me to do those things for him. Right. Um,
0: I love it. Like, uh, I, that's exactly where I had, had kind of lived for so many years. I sadly just thinking that in order to be accepted by God, I needed to do X, Y, and Z, which was have a quiet time and be involved in church and stuff. Those, that isn't how that worked. I was already accepted by God. And it was those things that were keeping me more connected, growing my faith, uh, deepening that relationship with Him. Um, so, yeah, you, I love that you it really well. The other question I have is, you know, of the four things you mentioned, not everyone pictures rest as being important. How did, how did you end up landing on the need for rest?
1: Well, it's honestly been. a a pretty recent um, addition to my life. And so I was at a training uh, for... uh, It was like a month mission training for France. Mm -hmm. Um, And they spent a whole day of training just having us do Sabbath Mm -hmm. uh, and kind of gave us a little bit of guidance, but basically said, just go and spend time with God and do things that are refreshing to you. Um, And so I just remember coming back from that day and you know, we're debriefing with our group, how did it go? Uh, And all I could say was like, I just feel like I bloomed um, and felt like God just met me um, in really sweet ways in that time of rest. And um, I think I wrote a poem, like that was something that I did, uh, that he just kind of awakened this part of me that like, I love art and I love beauty and I love nature and I love words. And he was like, why don't you write a poem? And I was like, okay, like, we'll write a poem. And just came back and found that like, as I rested in him and um, like got to rest also and who he's created me to be, like there was just this beautiful blooming that happened. And it kind of sounds silly, but it no. was just this sweet moment where I was like, oh my gosh, why don't I
0: do this more? Yes. Like, it's so
1: good. Yeah.
0: I love that. You know, I do think we we get somewhere along the way, despite the fact that in scripture, Sabbath and rest are mentioned over and over and over again. I don't know. It's if a commandment. It's, yeah, you know? it's our culture that says we're being selfish or we're wasting time if we're not being busy, but he is the one who actually calls us lovingly and gently to rest I think it takes a lot of trust to rest. Actually, it's interesting. That word is one I'm going to study up on. Mm-hmm. Um, and just coming back to spending time with God in his word, for me, that is where I i don't know. I don't, I don't know that I have the words to put together, but I think I need that time in the morning to rest in him mm-hmm. before I start and let the day and the world hit me. It is easy to, you know, hear the alarm, reach over and start checking the news or checking social media, what's going on with all my people. It is another thing entirely and I see it differently if I will spend time with the Lord first. And I feel like what I lately have started saying, it's like I I see I've got a different lens to see the world with hmm. if I will spend time with him first
1: yeah you put on your little jesus goggles for the
0: day (laughs) um yeah i kind of think it makes me maybe more patient Mm. or more kind or whatever i'm not sure but i certainly um can see him better throughout the day i did have um one other question we talked about a few minutes ago we were talking about how you came to faith early um very young And I do think that people, if they don't remember a specific day, that they can be discouraged by that Um, or or feel like they don't have as valuable of a story. What would you say to someone who said that?
1: I have thought those very things Mm. before. Like, man, I don't have this like crazy testimony of just, you know, hardcore darkness to like light and mm-hmm. i mean we all we all have that testimony right. actually but not in the sense of um how some people you know want like a, this hollywood testimony um but it's really been this cool reconciling with the lord where i've realized oh my gosh like why do i feel shame for my story like that's not what God wants for me, like, right. but instead it's just been this journey of recognizing, wow, what a gift! Like God swooped me up from a really young age, and that's not everyone's story. There's people that would want that story, right? Other, like, rather than the things that they've gone through, and um, so it's it's been a journey of realizing, okay, this is actually a gift, and I'm mm-hmm. so thankful for it, um, and you know. There, there have been moments along the way where you're able to recognize, okay, God was doing this and this and this. So, like, you still see Him at work. So, you know that you're a believer, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but yeah, it's a gift. Ultimately.
0: I think so too. I am grateful that you were able to learn about Jesus' love at a young age and receive that love, believe in Him, and just see the power of the Holy Spirit throughout your life. And I love that you see specifically. You have seen it in the ways that he has convicted you in, you know, of sin, which lets you stay close to him. And just in how he has used you in this world to tell others and let them know about him as well. Thanks. Thanks so much for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed hearing this Jesus story as much as I did. Our stories are important. It's through our stories and sharing them that other people get to know Jesus in a new way through our lives. Join us next week and we'll hear another Jesus story from another woman at Faith Bridge.